Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Well, if you're a gardener, it's a great day because it's sunny, it's warm, not too much, it's a little muggy. But uh, this weekend is going to be a great weekend to get out and do some gardening stuff or at least walk around and enjoy the largesse of what's out there. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and for the next hour, we're going to be talking about gardening. This is the Gestalt Gardener Program, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, Java Chapman and Jay White and Kevin and all the other folks here at MPB, we're up here keeping things going. We're keeping things high keeping things on an upbeat because that's what we do. That's what gardeners do. We're always planting hope and thinking about stuff and enjoying what's out there. Got some things to talk about. Got some show and tell to describe, but it's a live program. So if you want to give us a call, sit back. We're going to take a little bit of news and we're going to come back with your live calls and get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. If I sound a little husky this morning, it's because of my allergies. I walked in as usual, and there's pollen, there's birds chirping, and who knows what they're spreading through the air with all their feathers and stuff like that. But anyway, I uh, got allergies, and I uh, always do, always do. You know, thank goodness for antihistamines. But hey, I've got some fun stuff to talk about. But this is a live program, and it's one of the few times when a bunch of people can get together. And without having to bump elbows and stuff like that, if you know what I mean. So if you've got some things you'd like to talk about that's related to gardening, any way at all related to gardening or, 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 or the outdoors, if I can help with that, I'll, I'll be glad to. But let's talk about stuff. you got some things on your mind. A lot of people are wondering, should I plant my tomatoes yet? A lot of people say, well, heck, yeah, I've already planted mine three weeks ago. And so far, we've been pretty good with the weather. You know, traditionally in the south, we wait till a good Friday, but... That's the middle of April this year, and we've got lots and lots and lots of good weather out there. The soil is warm. The rains are warm. And those are the key things for for growing flowers and vegetables that like summertime. They like warm, moist roots. And uh, things are looking pretty good right now, especially if you've got a raised bed or containers. They really warm up well. So uh, barring a a late spate of uh, blackberry winter where we get some cold, cold rains, I think it's okay to go ahead and plant, you know. I rarely ever say that. You know, all these years I've been saying, no, let's wait, let's wait. But I'm optimistic about it right now. So if you've got some things you feel like sitting out, sitting out in the garden, I say go for it. But I'd also encourage those of you who don't plant or have already planted or don't feel like it yet or whatever to spend some time in the older part of town because there's some cool stuff out there that are not azaleas. They're not big old snowball viburnums. They're not dogwoods. They're not wisteria. There's some really cool stuff out there that's flowering right now, and it's just waiting for birds and bees to to help them out and to enjoy them, but also for us to appreciate them. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So anyway, got plenty of things to talk about. I've got a, a couple of tips for, for those of you who have kids at home, like to get out doing a little dabbling. But um, again, it's a live call-in program. So if you want to give us a shout, toll-free one eight seven seven mpb ring We're going to start out this morning, uh, I think, in, with Sandra and Durant. Is that right? Yes, it is. Howdy. Oh, what's going on in Holmes County? Not Holmes, no, no, it's not Holmes County. Yes, it is. It, <laughs> is it? But Lexington is the county seat of Holmes County, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Y'all are the community college center of Holmes County. <laughs> right. What's up this morning? Well, 
Well, I was wondering if you have talked to anybody about Purple Martins this year. Um, my son in Baton Rouge, nor us, has gotten Purple Martins, but the man north of us, who uh, is very, very active with uh-huh. them, has had his since the 6th of March, and we're very concerned. You know, and, and I haven't, to be honest. You know, since I, uh, you know, unless people, you know, I'm quarantined like everybody else, and unless somebody tells me about it here, I don't hear right. about it, unless somebody okay. emails about it. I haven't heard. Don't they usually come in uh, late February? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and uh, I, you know, the scouts came in early, so it. I, I, I don't know. Don't know. Hadn't heard anything. You know, it's okay. not too late, but it's starting to get there because if you got people north of there, that means they flew right past you, Sandra. Yes, exactly. So anyway, I just thought maybe you spoke with somebody. Maybe somebody will have uh, some information and give us hope. You know, I haven't heard anything, but but I'm going to, and I I try not to extemporize too much about stuff I don't know about, but we've had a really unusual uh, late winter. We had stuff blooming a month before it normally does. And birds, hummingbirds and pollinators, things like that, they use those as cues about when to show up. So it could be that they they blew through a little bit earlier that there wasn't any, uh, the, all their food. Was, I, I don't know. I'm just saying that a lot of stuff was a month earlier, and they might have landed someplace else because that was best for them at the time. Okay. It's just well, a guess, I, though. I thank you so much. Okay. Pr- appreciate it, Sandra. Good luck on it. Fingers thank crossed. You. Bye-bye. Purple Martins. A lot of people have Purple Martin houses. Purple Martins need houses. They they usually build nests in you know caves and rocks and stuff like that. But um, they don't build regular nests like robins and hummingbirds and stuff like that. Uh, and by the way, a lot of people really appreciate the Martins because they're 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 fun. They're interesting. Uh, they're almost comical, and they're uh, and they're regular. You get the same Martins from year to year to year. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize that they don't eat mosquitoes. <laughs> if I say Martin's purple martin eat mosquitoes, well, no, they don't. You know, they eat dragonflies, butterflies, slow-moving daytime things. When the mosquitoes start coming out, they're back at the house. You know, that's just one of those things. But anyway, in the daytime, they eat a lot of crane flies, you know, those big, slow-moving, what some people call mosquito hawks. But big, slow-moving things in the daytime is what purple martins eat. But anyway, they do depend on us. They're interesting. And it's a nice little little synergistic thing, having uh, martins and other wildlife that normally wouldn't have a place to live in town. Anyway, you want to give me a call? It's toll-free, mpb ring I uh, got an email from a fellow just this morning, wanted to know if it's too early to plant his peppers, and I said, nope. Well, it is, but no, because it's really good. I'm planting some, planting some stuff yesterday in a, in a raised bed, uh, some ornamental sweet potatoes. I put out some begonias. I put out uh, some uh, little white dusty miller and, you know, just a few things like that because you, you got to plant stuff. And if you've got kids at home or if you're stuck at home and just going, you know, back crazy out there, uh, let me suggest this. Go to a garden center. Most of them are open. You know, they've got plenty of space, although I've, I've seen several of uh, my favorite ones closed. I stopped by to visit and chatted with the owners and the workers, but uh, they were, had their doors closed. Let me suggest this, a big old pot with some pot, good potting soil and throw in one flower 
and two culinary herbs. Two culinary herbs and a flower. You could put a little shrub in it if you want to. You know, give you something to look at all the time, a little dwarf nandina or something. Uh, but in my little garden this morning when I was walking out, I plucked, let me see, I got rosemary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, rosemary, oregano, thyme, sage. Let me wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that's some good sage. And uh, some parsley. All of these are growing in containers in my garden. They made it through the wintertime. They'll make it. Well, the parsley won't make it through the summer, but the rosemary, the oregano, the uh, uh, thyme, and time to put out some basil, different kinds of basil. Those plants are pretty. They look good when they're planted together because of different shapes and textures and sizes. Uh, and it makes a nice little punched up little spot right outside your door. And, you know, even if you don't cook with it, you can walk through and just sort of run your hand across there and make everything smell all uh, beef stewish, I guess. But anyway, these are easy to grow. They're easy to grow for people of any age or any skill. Horticulture do it. Kids do it. You can do it, too. But uh, two or three culinary herbs in a big pot with any kind of flower. Doesn't matter what kind of flower, but the flower's there just to make you smile. And the rest of us there because if you get tired of looking at it, you can get the kids to help make pizza or spaghetti or something like that and harvest stuff that they grew in a pot without having to really know a bunch of horticulture stuff. So anyway, that's a really, really easy thing to do. There's some borderline herbs that they don't really like. Uh, French lavender doesn't grow very well, but plant it because it gives you hope, just like tomatoes and peppers. And uh, So anyway, these are easy things to do. I'm getting a lot of emails from people who have weeds in their garden. I do, too. I do. I got clovers and oxalis. I've got vetch. I've got all sorts of stuff wrapping up my flowers. They'll all be gone pretty soon when it's time to plant the summer stuff. But I get out with uh, with a little bucket. I sit down on the ground because the ground is warm. And I just reach around with my hands, and I pull stuff. And I put it in the bucket. I pull stuff. I put it in the bucket. I pull stuff. put it in the bucket. And when I'm done, I throw it over the back fence. And um, but we, nobody back there notices. But anyway, weeding by hand not only is effective, it's, it's a little work, but it's effective, but it's therapeutic. It makes you feel better. It gives you something to do. You can look over your shoulder and see something that you did. Uh, hey, let's go up to, uh, to Flo, over to Flowood. Hey, Jesse, thank you for calling. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thanks. What's up? Um. I've just started building up my first garden, and mostly I've just got some uh, herbs like rosemary uh, and mint and oregano. But I've also got some very hot peppers that I'm wanting to plant as well. Yeah. And I'm wondering, uh, is it a, would you recommend uh, planting the hot peppers with? The herbs, or would you recommend putting them in a separate area? It, it, away does, from it. it doesn't matter one way or the other. Uh, you know, it's si- size is important. You don't want to put a big plant where it shades a little plant. But other than that, as long as they get the fertilizer, the sun, the water they need, they don't care at all. They're not going to cross-pollinate or any- anything. As a matter of fact, I, I grow some unusual peppers. I'm sort of a, of a, a chili head. I grow some really bizarre little peppers. Uh, and I just grow them as ornamental plants, just stuck here and there with the flowers and, you know, no big deal. Okay. Uh, the only other question I've got related to the peppers is, um, do you have to, how you uh, fertilize them compared to uh, any other uh, plant in uh, Mississippi? 
Yeah, these are these are good questions. Uh, in rather than remember what all you should do, keep it simple. What you shouldn't do: beans, peas, peanuts, and sweet potatoes make their own fer- own, own nitrogen fertilizer. So I wouldn't fertilize beans or peas or sweet potatoes, other than just a little bit to get them started. Uh, the rest of them use about the same amount. You know, and, and the idea is to be scant. If you know how much salt to put on an egg without piling it up, you've got the idea of fertilizer. Fertilizer, a little bit, goes a lot longer, further than most people think. So a little bit of fertilizer. And then on everything but the sweet potatoes and peas and beans, um, give them a little extra shot in a month or two. Thank you very much, Father. I appreciate it. Well, I want to ask you something. Are you planting just in plain old dirt? Are you in a raised bed or what? Uh, I, this is my first attempt. I just went with uh, straight up uh, in, the, in the dirt, and so far all the herbs uh, have been there for about two and a half, three weeks now, and uh-huh. they are uh, thriving yeah. uh, beautifully. Well, the reason I'm asking, because first-timers, second, third, and fourth-timers always do it that way, but old-timers end up planting in wide rows. Instead of individual rows like cotton farmers, they'll make a row like twice as wide. In other words, there's a row, and in between the rows called the furrow, you know, the low area. They'll eliminate every other one, so they'll have like a double row and then a ditch and a double row. And they scatter stuff back and forth across that wide row. A lot easier to take care of, and you get a whole lot more out of the, the space, a lot less weeding. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. thank you very much once again, and I uh, appreciate uh, your advice. Okay. One thing to look out for before you go. When it gets hot, yes. tomatoes and peppers always drop their flowers. When it gets really, really hot, don't give up on them. They'll pick back up when it cools off in the fall. So try to get what you can as early as you can, and don't freak out if they just sort of shut down in the summertime. Because they're native to high up in the Andes, when it gets hot, they say, no, I'm taking a break, and the flowers don't form right. So don't worry about that. Just keep on going. Plant you some zinnias and some flowers out there to keep your spirits going. All right, I will. Thank you very much. Okay, Jesse, appreciate it. All righty, folks. Toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring We got plenty of stuff to talk about. Got the lines open if you want to give me a call. Again, toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring I brought in... I don't know if you can hear that. There we go. I brought in some okra. I grew okra as an ornamental plant. It's like a, it's a member of the hibiscus family. Got those pretty pods. I spray, spray paint mine red, but they're loaded with seeds. And I'm going to grow some more as flowers. But I'm going to soak the seeds for about five minutes in some Clorox. Rinse them off really good, and tomorrow they'll be sprouted. It's the best way to get okra. But think of okra as a pretty plant. Kids can grow okra because it's pretty and it's easy. And if they learn how to cook it with enough ketchup, maybe they'll actually enjoy it as grown-ups. Anyway, we're going to take a real quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Java and all these other folks. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. To write this song about the problem we're having in our town, listen. 
don't let the corona get on ya. Mm-hmm. Don't let the corona get on ya. Uh-huh. You gotta do the best you can. Make sure you wash your hands. And then don't let corona get on ya. Starlight echoes, help me say, say don't go. Yes, don't let it get on you, folks. Keep the distance. Ooh, don't let the corona get on you. It's weird out there, folks. I'm stuck inside like everybody else and uh, doing the best I can. But I do wander out in the garden a little bit. I pull a few weeds, I plant little stuff, and I'm going to try to get some stuff in. Uh, today, maybe tomorrow, it's a great weekend to plant stuff. Where we get some rain on Sunday or Monday or whenever rain might be coming, that'll just settle things down real well. I would encourage folks, if you're planting stuff in just plain dirt, after you get through planting it, cover the ground up with some leaves or some bark or something like that so that the rain doesn't make it packy and hard. Uh, mulch protects the soil, but it also our soil is warm enough now where we don't have to let the sunshine in. So that'll, that'll keep it from overheating and steaming. and It's just a good thing. And the next time you plant you just dig that stuff into the dirt and you're ready to go with the next stuff that's all it is to it i uh, got a couple of uh, interesting uh native versus non-native plants i want to talk about but uh let's let's go to uh let's talk to diane diana in columbus hey diana good morning good morning felder what's up i have a question about a stella magnolia mm-hmm. i have one that's been in the ground for 20 years or so it is probably in a bad spot that it is overgrown it's really tall and stringy looking uh-huh. and i want to know if i can prune it or even pollard it well you, you can always pollard trees i mean there's 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 no problem with that at, at, whatsoever i mean you know okay. now, now you're talking about the the early bloom of the star magnolia right yeah exactly you know it, it, it did it bloom okay back a month or month and a half or so ago well, it bloomed a little bit. It was such a weird year, and yeah, we got yeah. a cold snap right in the middle yeah. of it. It's one of our so, first first magnolias to bloom, though. As a matter of fact, yeah. it blooms. I'm gonna say it blooms in the usually in the middle of the winter. Uh, a couple of things you could do, uh, Diana. One is you could just simply thin out some of the limbs and some of the branches and let it be kind of an airy thing on purpose, and then plant something up under it that complements it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you wanted to to cut it back, you know, it's 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 just a tree. It's just a tree. You know, it's a small tree, and uh-huh. Uh, you could treat it like some people do crepe myrtles. You want to, it just come once you do that, you're sort of stuck doing it every year. D- to me, it'd be better just to thin out a few things and only leave, uh, you know, sort of uh, like a an oversized bonsai. Okay, well, it's kind of skimpy as it is. Well, um, if you, if you cut it back, it'll sprout back out. It will sprout. That, that's out. right. But then you need to, wherever you make a cut, the new growth is going to come out there. So you need to come back uh, next year and thin uh-huh. those out so you don't have a, like a witch's broom on the end of a stick, if you know what I mean. Okay. So if I, if I pollard it this year and then I trim out and get down to a, a reasonable number of sprouts, uh-huh. can I then let it grow up more into a tree form? Or yeah. What I'm trying to do is to get it to be fuller. Yeah, well, they, just keep in mind, wherever you make the cut, that's where the growth comes out. So cut it below where you want it to grow back up to. Okay, okay. Very good, then. Okay, Thank and uh, no, 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 once you do that, I'd leave it alone because it forms its flower buds for next winter and the late summer and early uh, fall. So no, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't okay. shape it up after the middle of the summer. Okay, well, that was the next question is when do I do this? Now, sounds like now is a good time to 
it is. Well, okay. and, and, and right now the wasps aren't too bad. And, but watch out for little snakes and stuff because they're out there. Oh, we, we're already wearing the snake gators. <laughs> Good luck. Okay. Okay, Diane, appreciate your Thank call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, now we can stay in Columbus and talk with uh, Myra. Hey, uh, Myra. Hey, Myra, good morning. Myra, hey. Good, how are you? Me and my bifocals are doing great. <laughs> That's okay. What's up? Thank you. I just had a question. I have a raised bed vegetable garden. Uh-huh. And I've heard advice to kind of mix around all your plants together to confuse the pests. And yep. I was wondering if that... Does that help? Does that yeah? Maybe try that. It's a real good idea to mix things up, and also if you sort of keep in mind what you planted, uh, you know Mm -hmm. things that are related to each other, like tomatoes and peppers. I would put Uh them in a different spot next year. You know, just even in a small bed, just move them around. Uh, That way, it keeps you know certain things that that diseases build up in the soil if you plant the same stuff. But no, mix stuff up. Throw in some flowers. You know, know, make it prettier too. it, It is, and not only that, but uh, Myra, if something dies, nobody can tell. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> throw some flowers in. Be sure to throw some flowers question. in. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. Um, and I've also heard advice, there's this no dig where you just add compost each season and you don't actually till things up again. Mm-hmm. Is that, I don't really know how that would work well, but... Well, Maybe that's different climates that it works. Better. Uh, no, no, it, it it works fine here. Here's here's yeah. the thing. Have you have you had this raised bed very long? Um, about a year. Okay. When you dug it last, did you find any worms? I did. Okay, they're going to dig the dirt for you if you'll feed the worms. And this is what I do. I've got several. I got big container. I got a six foot diameter horse trough I use for my herds. But I got little raised beds and big raised beds here and there. And uh, the only time I really dig is if I'm planting something that needs, you know, a little extra good dirt is I'll dig right there. Okay. okay. So let's say I'm, I'm going to plant a, a special tomato and I want to plant a little deep. I've got a turning fork. It's not a shovel. It's a turning fork. And I just use it sort of like using a, a fork to fluff up rice. You don't have to do the whole bowl of rice, just the area where you can put some butter, if that makes sense. Okay. And, uh, but uh, here, here's the deal. In order for worms to dig your dirt for you, you need to feed them. And they eat mulch and grass clippings and leaves. Uh, in the fall, if you'll just, uh, anytime you can, just put some leaves on top of the ground. That's what they eat, sort of like cows eat hay. But if you'll fertilize with a little slow-acting natural fertilizer, and I'm not, I'm not going all organic on you here. This is just the facts. This stuff called mm-hmm. cottonseed meal, and you get a little small bag of it. Cottonseed meal has got natural nitrogen, which helps plants grow better, but it also has protein in it. And the worms will come up and eat it, and they'll be like foot-long snakes. And they'll come up and okay. eat your mulch, and they'll dig it way down. When it gets dry, they go way down deep, and they leave air and water and root holes. So they'll churn your dirt for you if you'll feed your Did I hear kids in the background? Yes, they're they're over here playing in the okay. water. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, they're not afraid of worms, are they? They're not. No. Good. Get get them to sprinkle. <laughs> they like to catch them. There you go. Get them to to help p- sprinkle a little cottonseed meal over the area, I and will. and then put some leaves on it, and tell them you're feeding the worms. I will. That'll help a whole lot. <laughs> okay. Hug I'll them. Do that. Hug so them all you can. Ahead. Hug them. Oh, and and get them to plant some culinary herbs because they'll, you know, some basil. They'll really uh, enjoy that. We made a them. bean teepee. We haven't planted the beans yet, but we'll try that. Okay, don't don't plant <laughs> just beans. Plant uh, some some flowering vines also, because the beans okay. may or may not do, but they'll they'll appreciate the flowers and stuff. so mix different stuff up on the teepee. Okay. 
We'll do that. Thank you. Okay, Myra, go hug them. I will. All righty. Now slide up to South Haven, almost to Memphis. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Just fine, fine. I just wanted to report I had my first hummingbird this week. Yay! What was it? Do you have a feeder or was it on a bush or what? No, sir, I have a feeder up. Okay, well, did did it stay? Was it just passing through on its way to Ohio or did it stick around? I think it was just passing through. Well, they do that. But it appreciates a little pick-me-up. You know, that's a good old southern hospitality. We give them a little little meal and send them on their way. But anyway, thank you for reporting that. I hope you have a summer full of them. Me too. Thank you. You bet, Barbara. Thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Okay, folks, uh, this morning I, when I was coming in, I, I as usual, I stole some plants from the neighbor's yards and along the walk and stuff. And I got three plants that are worth talking about. Uh, two of them are native and two of them are not. Uh, one is a dogwood. Dogwoods have great big pretty flowers with four petals and a little cluster of little yellow stamen-looking things in the middle. Dogwoods are really, really popular native plants, but they're hard to grow. They're really hard. Uh, for every three that are planted this year, only one's going to be alive five years from now. They're really hard to get started unless you go with little ones, wide hole, mix some dogwood dirt in with them. But there's another plant. There's a shrub out there. Uh, excuse me. There's a native tree called silver bells, Halesia. It has smaller flowers, four petals. They hang down. It's not as pretty as a dogwood, but it is tough as nails. The native silver bells or Halesia. It's a great little, not quite dogwood pretty, blooming native plant. Uh, but also there's a shrub that some people call English dogwood or mock orange. Latin name is Philadelphus. Philadelphus is an old school garden that's grown, you know, for a couple of hundred years here. It's been grown here for a long, long time. And it grows in the sun. It grows in the shade. But it's got dogwood, big four-petal dogwood flowers. Leaves look like dogwoods. It's a shrub, sometimes long, arching branches. But Philadelphus, whether you call it mock orange or English dogwood, it is a really durable dogwood-looking thing that grows so well in so many other gardens. Garden centers don't always carry it because you don't come in asking for it, but they can get it from their normal channels. And then the last one I want to mention is another dogwood. We have so many different, we have swamp dogwoods, we have all sorts of dogwoods. Some have clusters, tight clusters, almost balls of flowers. So they're regular old uh, Cornus floridas. They're, they're a native dogwood tree that goes from Canada down to Florida over to Texas. It's a great plant, but it's hard to pull off. We got some others that are just as pretty. I'm thinking prettier in some cases, but if you had those, you would always have them, and then you can just ride around and look at other people's dogwoods and enjoy that. Uh, we got some music coming up, but let me take a quick uh, call. We're going to go over to Boonville and talk with Stephen. Hey, Stephen, thanks for calling. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? Okay, I, I'll try to make this quick. What I've done, I, I've made a raised bed, and I b- built it vertical uh, using some old concrete wire. Uh-huh. Well, it goes up about goes up about ten feet. Now, the last few years, I have been growing cucumber vines on it, which are doing great. But here's my problem: about halfway through the season, those vines get way up tall to the top of that thing, and I'm having a hard time 
picking those cucumbers, and I'm wondering if I was to cut the top of those vines off when they get a certain height, would they just grow out bushier and, and still produce, or would I stop the production if I cut the tops off? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a really it, – it, I, I had this little weird feeling I get. I've been doing this for 40 years, and nobody ever asked me that. And I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, see, see, I know, I, it, know. I know when you when you trim a, a rose vine, yeah, 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 I'm afraid to kill. Yeah, whole, I'm but, to kill my cucumbers. Well, it's a whole different, you know, it's not 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 in the same family. And I think that they'll bush out. I don't know because I've never done it before. But my my logic says when they start growing uh, really good, let's say a month or so from now. Cut one of them back a little bit, just see what it does. Okay, well, I'll have plenty to work with. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll, so I'll you know, let's, let's give them a month or so. Let's get them really, really growing pretty good and sacrifice one, cutting it back a little bit. I think it's going to branch out. That's just a, a hunch. But the other thing is we try to keep plants growing from spring till fall here in the south. Up north, uh-huh. they, they don't plant till May, and they have to harvest by September. We have enough time for two back-to-back start to finish gardens here summer gardens i would recommend rather than trying to keep those same vines alive and and all like that to sometime in the middle of the summer late june july first of august uh you know up in in uh in boonville you can still plant at the end of first of august sometime in late june or july start you some more uh, cucumbers so you have fresh vigorous plants you know Uh, okay you know that, that you know the same thing with tomatoes and peppers. You know, instead of trying to keep them going and you know wearing themselves out, just plant some. You know, leave a little space to plant some more. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Would you do me a favor and uh, when you cut that one back, let me know what happened? I sure will. I see. I've done it with tomatoes and they pushed out. Good, oh, but I'm d- whole different, whole, whole different family, whole different family. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know. I, my, I mean, logic says it will, but I don't know. Don't know. Let us know. I'll find out. Thank you. Okay, Stephen. Th- thanks for experimenting. Uh-huh. All righty, folks. Uh, we need to let's let's just do a little little break here. Just sort of sh- like take a etch a sketch upside down. Trying to be cheerful. I am cheerful, and a histamine's help. And I've got all these wonderful plants to talk about. I've got two more in particular that I want to highlight that are just astounding plants for the landscape. Uh, and if you've got some questions about your garden, things you want to talk about or ask about or run by me, give me a call. Uh, raise your mower a little bit. It's just about time to fertilize the grass. If you've mowed it a couple of times, it's a time to fertilize. Uh, and if, you have, if you've already done it, it's okay. But you can have a problem with brown patch disease. I'm seeing a lot of brown patch showing up in people's lawns, especially people who fertilized a little early. Anyway, we're going to take a real quick break, come back after some cheesy music, and talk about gardening. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Jay White, Java Chapman, we're having a good time.
righty, welcome back, folks. Horticulture Phil Russia. Doesn't Bill Ellison have a smooth voice, Java? I mean, Bill, you know, he does all sorts of I've known Bill since the 1960s. We were in the All-State Lions band together. He is so smooth. Yeah, that's what everybody in the studio was talking about, just the, the smooth inflections of Bill Ellison. That's, it's, it's like having our own Barry White here, ain't it? <laughs> hey, listen, I want to ask you something else, Java. Is, yeah. is, is there a new program coming on after mine? And you are a Felder. The re- reason why I'm saying because, you know, I always make a mess in here. I'm trying to clean my mess up as I go this week. So what's coming up next? Well, yeah, you need to be extra clean because we have a brand new program, Mississippi Education Connection, uh, hosted by Michelle McAdoo and Tara Wren because of the coronavirus mm-hmm. and COVID-19. Well, they're the same thing, but um, everything going on with the schools that they're being closed. So we're going to um, have a Mississippi Education Connection. Every Friday at 10 o'clock. And actually today, the first guest is the superintendent of Mississippi schools. Oh, well, I'm glad I did clean up because, I mean, I had to sit in her office when I was a kid, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tune in next uh, uh, 10 o'clock tonight. Well, 10 o'clock today, uh, Mississippi Education Connection. All right. And looking forward to that. And I am trying to keep, although I will say, I don't know who all touched this Purell bottle in here, but this whole place smells like disinfecting wipes. (laughs) But we're trying to stay healthy, folks, so we can bring stuff to you here in Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, hey, let's go to uh, Michael from Golden. What? Michael, where are you from? Yes. Go- Golden, Golden, Mississippi. Go- where's Golden, Mississippi? It's up in Belmont. Okay, where's Belmont? <laughs> uh, northeast corner. <laughs> I, I know, you're up in the ice box. Up uh, Edwalma County. Oh yeah, well, Next, next right. County, You didn't get hit by that that uh, that hurricane that uh, tornado, did you? It come. There was one come up right over us after that one hit Tishmingo the other day. Yeah, still got your barn though. Yeah, it it left the house, the barn. It <laughs> raised the roof though. So. There you go. Oh, what's up? What can I help you this morning, Michael? Uh, I got a question for you. What's the best way to? I've got one of the old tiny apple trees, mm-hmm. and what's the best way to trim that thing up and it produce the best apple? If you had it for a while, it's an old tree. Oh, it's an old tree. Yeah. What I would do is sometime when you get around to it, uh, and it's easy to do this in the winter when you see what you're doing, is just go out with a with a, 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 a small chainsaw or a pruning saw or something and just thin out some of the cluttered stuff. Some of the, you know, it's got a, you know how they branch out and they have a whole bunch of trunks, you know, a bunch of limbs? Just thin some of those out, and then the ones that are left, cut them back a little bit, leaving some branches growing outward. In other words, just thin the middle part out, and then whatever's left, thin that out a little bit. And, and so, in other words, I wouldn't cut the whole thing back. Yeah. But uh, and it's not easy to do. It's not easy, uh, and it's going to be hot and humid this weekend. So you know. Anyway, the main thing is thin out some of the cluttered big limbs. And then thin out a few branches from the ones that are left. Just sort of open it up, make it grow more outward than upward. And then yeah. that's pretty much it. Okay. And you don't have to do any of that, but you'll see the energy that would have gone to what you cut off will go to what's left. And you'll see a whole lot better growth. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Hey, let me ask you that. Did you already know this? What's that? Did you already know about just thinning stuff out? Well... I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but, you know. Peach, it just, peach it, trees, you know, I know to do them that way, but 
Same, same thing. Same as thing. Big I, as the apple tree was, I wasn't for sure about it. Yeah, yeah. It's real easy to let them get it. That's the reason I tell people the day you put a new fruit tree in the ground, cut it back to about knee high, start it out right. But, you know, once you once you let it go for two or three or four years, it gets really hard because those limbs grow real tight in there together. So yeah. it ain't going to be easy. So well, anyway, this, take this your... This one was here. My, this is my great-grandfather's old place, and he had it here uh, probably 70, 80 years. Yeah, well, and it produces okay? Well, it hasn't been producing real well. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's getting on up there. Getting on. Let's just thin it out without booging it up too much, you know. Okay. All righty, man. And if you're doing it this weekend, it's humid out there. Stay hydrated. Drink some water. All righty. Appreciate it, Michael. Bye-bye. All righty. Now let's go to uh, to uh, Laura's calling from, is this Faulkner? Franklin? Where? Laura, where are you calling from? Where? Faulkner. Faulkner, Mississippi. Now, I think I've been to Faulkner. I want to say I've been everywhere, but I don't remember where it is. Uh, it's a little north of Ripley. Of Ripley, up way, way up north. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was, what's up today? What can I help you with? Um. Well, I was wondering if there's anything I could put in my flower bed to keep my cats from going to the bathroom <laughs> in my flower bed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's, uh, let me tell you what I do for my neighbor's cats because my yard is like the jungle for them. They all come from all these manicured lawns and azalea landscape to my jungle, all of them. They lay on my, my deck. They walk around my stead. They jump on my birds. They crap in my beds. And if there was a single thing besides a squirt gun that I could do to keep them out, I would. But now here's something you can try. If the flower beds aren't too big, Get you some chicken wire, plain or, or any kind of, you know, loose fencing. Spray paint mm-hmm. it the same color as your dirt or your mulch or whatever. When you plant stuff, lay it down, lay it down on top and plant it between the holes because that way they just physically can't, you know, they, they, it doesn't work. In other words, put something right. they have to stand on. Um, otherwise, you know, the other approaches are a lot of trouble. Uh, real coarse, like a gravel-type mulch or something, it just really doesn't work much. Okay, So you're important, you're valuable flower beds. I would just cut me a piece of chicken wire or dog fencing or something that fits a flower bed, spray paint it, okay. and that way you can use it over and over and over. And you can cover that up with mulch, and they won't really notice. So, All right. You know, a little pun- I was looking online, and it was giving me a lot of um, different, like, Oh yeah, powders and stuff yeah, yeah. All these repellents. Like, I don't know if that would work. It, it, they they work. They work for enough people to where they can get away with still selling this stuff. But in general, those things are 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 random. They work sometimes. Sometimes they don't. They don't work for long. And uh, you know, it's just I I think that they're borderline hoaxes. But I can't say that because they do have some effect. I do understand. I, I was curious on after it rained if you'd have to keep reapplying. And you do. Like that. So that's why I was I've <laughs> wondering got, if there was an easier way. I'll tell you something else you can do. You can go get you a bunch of plastic forks and spray paint them pretty colors and stick them uh, handled down so they got a little punchy sticks all over the place. That may work, too. I didn't think about that. <laughs> if, if none of this works, a squirt gun. Won't hurt the cats, but they learn real quick. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Oh, boy. Cats in the flower beds. By the way, I had a call a little while ago. She said, if you cut the head off a cucumber, it'll die. 
And I don't know if it's true or not, but she said it emphatically. So she said if you prune your, your cucumbers back, they die. And anybody who's going to be emphatic, emphatic like that, I say, yes, ma'am. Uh, but the fellow who called earlier about that, cut one of them back and let me know. You know it's just an experimental thing. And uh, anyway, uh, while we're waiting on the calls to be screened, uh, toll-free one eight seven seven mpb ring Let me throw this out. Garden centers are booming right now. Some of them are suffering. There's not a whole lot of customers, you know, especially during the week. People are scared to get out or they've already gotten out. But I'm starting some more uh, some more seeds this afternoon, so i got to go get one of these little cell pack things to start some seeds in. Uh, there's plenty of flowers out there, some vegetables, some herbs, some shrubs that you could set out. Uh, if you're going to put a, a shrub you haven't planted before, dig a wide hole, wide hole. Dig it loosen up the dirt, maybe a shovel's depth, cover it with some bark, and then when you do get a shrub, when you pull it out of the pot, loosen up the roots and the potting soil. Always loosen the roots and potting soil of shrubs and stuff. Uh, When we come back, we've got some some callers coming in, but I want to talk about the difference between our native Grancy Graybeard and the Chinese Friends Tree. They're both closely related. They look sort of alike. You know, a long time ago, uh, before everything started splitting off into continents, we had one big supercontinent called Pangaea. And parts of China and parts of what's now the southeast United States were side by side. That's the reason we have dogwoods and the Grancy Graybeards and camellias and magnolias and all sorts of things that are closer related because they used to be side by side. Anyway, Chinese uh, friends tree and American friends tree or Grancy Graybeard, very closely uh, related, but I want to talk about the difference. We're going to come back with more here on the Gestalt Gardener Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. Okay, doke, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and I uh, said I was going to talk about these two French trees, but I'd rather talk with Leela calling from Long Beach. Hey, Leela, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you doing today? I'm fine, doing fine. Cheerful, too. Good. Me, too. Got up early, got in the yard. I've got, I bought this house in December, and I've got these sago palms that are in my bed at the Right along the front walkway into the front door. And starting to eat at you every time you go by. Yeah, you're right about that. Now, I have cut them back, but I would like to get them out of there. When's the best time to do that, and how? what am I going to expect? Is there a big root? No. Or yeah, can well, I kick them over and get it over? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a big root. Uh, palm, and this is, They're not technically palms, but they're close enough. We're going to call them that. They have a big old furry thing instead of a lot of roots. They don't have roots run every which way or down deep. It's going to be a ball of stuff, oh. you know, a ball of, of fur, basically. And uh, are they really big? Yeah, they're about... Uh little over knee high. Oh, that's not, that ain't big. That ain't big. Well, that ain't nothing to it. What I would do, I think, when the new growth is coming out, if you disturb them then, that stuff is going to die. So don't worry yeah. about that. They'll still put out new growth. So either either cut off the new stuff before you move it so it doesn't bother you when it wilts, or else wait till it kind of toughens up a little bit and then move them. But basically, uh, get a sharp shovel. I mean, and if you don't have a sharp shovel, take it down to Ace Hardware and get them to sharpen it for you. And just cut straight down around it, uh, about, oh, a foot or so out from the from the base of it, all the way around, because you can't pick up a root ball bigger than a couple of feet across. 
and just cut straight down and then cut up under it to sever those little furry roots and they'll pop right out. But if you but if you don't do it, they're gonna hang tight. It's like trying to pull a, a worm out of a hole. They got these little hair things that say, uh uh-uh, uh, ain't ain't happening. So cut okay. the roots first. Okay, so I just need to do that. I got one of them that's got five different little sets of pull pull them, pull them apart. Put them in a pot on the curb. Tell everybody to come by and get free segos. Okay, well that's I told my brother I'd give him some so. Yeah, well, get, oh, oh, get, get him to come over and help you. That's what. That's how you do it. Well, we're doing the self-isolating thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he can. He, y'all can take turns out there. Well, that would work. <laughs> if he would be so kind to do that. I appreciate it. What, what, what's his name? That's Steve. Steve, go help Leela out. Yeah, he's he's in his yard. He bought my house when I moved here, so he's enjoying my yard that I had done last year. Okay, and, watch, so, watch, watch his eyebrow go up when you say, Felder said, come over and dig these things. Watch okay, his good. eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun, Lita. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, now sliding back to Jackson. Hey, John, thank you for holding, man. What's going on? Hey, uh, I've got a park garden that's a berm. It's about 20 foot long and 10 foot wide. Uh-huh. And over the years, I've told them pounds and pounds of um manure and of peat moss and it loosens the soil up and then it's clay again yeah yeah it disappears real quick organic matter okay i'm thinking about some gypsum you know if that helps yeah gypsum gypsum causes clay particles to stick together it's called flocculation oh i've always wanted to say flocculate (laughs) but anyway and and it helps but you got to stir it in you know next time you dig you know just put a, a you know a good coating not a real thick layer and uh, a good coating, and then just stir it in, and that'll help a good bit. Um, also, you can go to uh, to some of the garden centers, get this. It's called calcined clay. It's, it's like kitty litter, and you can mix it in, and it physically separates it. Uh, but at the same time, next time you add manure or bark or something, throw in a little bit of, uh, I mean, uh, peat moss or, or compost manure, throw in a little bit of finely ground pine bark mulch because it lasts a lot longer and dig it in dig so it in real good permanent solution to this problem no there's there's not really a good permanent solution other than adding the calcine clay they they sold under different brand names but it's it's like kitty litter that's non-absorbent it's sort of like adding chunky gravel to your dirt and that helps a lot okay all right good luck man it's humid out there i walked in this morning it is humid out there It'll be good for me. There you go. Well, stay stay hydrated. Okay. See you, man. Okay, now we're going to go to uh, Monroe County. Hey, Roy, thank you for calling. You must live out from uh, from Eupora because you're not saying Eupora. Oh no, I'm not. uh, I'm not too far from Eupora. I'm between uh, Tupelo and Columbus, about halfway. Yeah. What's What's going on? Well, the dust finally settled, and so I'd like to uh, plant some fruit trees. A couple of them are apple trees. Uh, I cut down some Leland cypress yeah. that I had and left one. But the two trees, will, one of them will be three or four feet from that stump, and the other one would be about 10 or 15 feet from uh, a live Leland at a, at a stump. And I got online, and I saw that these uh, dead roots uh, may uh, 
transmit fungus to others. Nah, nah. That's a, that, a lot of people take a tiny little technical point and blow it out of proportion. Ain't ah, enough, not enough to worry about. But here's the deal. When you plant those trees, dig a wide hole. I mean, three feet across or more. If you don't feel a little stupid about it, it ain't wide enough. And a good shovel's depth in the middle. And then when you plant your, your fruit trees, loosen up their roots of potting soil and then cut them back to knee high. I, I'm not making this up. If you want good fruit, there's not a commercial grower on earth who'd leave a tree more than about three, three and a half feet or so tall at the most when they put it out. This will make it bush out instead of getting long and tall and floppy. And it'll help it get established a whole lot better, too. It really is important. Okay, right now these plants are about seven feet tall. So when I cut them that short, all that's going to be is a trunk. Will that yeah, be okay? they'll sprout oh. back out, and what they'll sprout out this year will be the main limbs for the rest of the tree's life. So cut them back, and when they when they sprout back out, thin those out to three or four of the best ones, and those will be the the main limbs for the rest of the tree's life. And they'll st- start it off sturdy and stocky. Look at pictures of apple orchards or peach orchards, and you'll see they all come up about three feet, and then they branch out, and aim but one way to make that happen. Right. So if you want fruit trees, don't prune them. But if you want tree fruit, let's cut them back. Okay. All righty, man. (laughs) Uh, I had had a young person ask me if you're Russian. I said, no, it's Russian. Uh, Thinking it might be Russian, the country. No, it's it's Russian. But you're appropriately appropriately named after the uh, Rush, the flowering plant, which is appropriate. And and actually, I'm named after the the county Russian, R-U-S-H-E-N, from the south part of the Isle of Man, with the Russian castle and everything. Anyway, we got Scoop, man. Appreciate it. Okay, Michelle's got a new program coming up right after me. I hope she sanitizes because I made a mess in here. And it got my hands all over everything while I was sweeping it all off. So let's bring out the, the Lysol and the Purell. We got a new program coming up right after this, folks. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, Java Chapman. Jay White was a phone greeter today. We're going to be here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, keeping things cheerful, keeping up to date every week. I'll see y'all next week. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center, get them a box of herbs, and show them how to get dirty.